I'm Connor. And I'm Campbell. And welcome to Real Geeks, the show where we talk about movies and stuff. So today, I guess it's the day after Valentine's Day, but um, we thought it would be cool if we talked about a, a romance movie um, as it would fit in with Valentine's Day. Uh, yes. So would you like to introduce the movie we'll be talking about? Okay. So originally we were going to do I'll fill you guys in we were going to do the kissing booth no 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 no, no wait, wait hold on hold on originally we were going to do the before trilogy oh yes we were going to do the before well i was just going to say yeah i, I, I figured then, since we were saving that for another episode we wouldn't say that okay that's well fine. yeah we'll probably do that in another episode we were, we're, we're gonna we were gonna do the before trilogy and then we ran out of time because we neither of us had seen all three movies and then at the beginning of the weekend we thought we were gonna do um like just completely bash um the kissing booth but we realized it's so awful that we couldn't even we didn't even want to bother producing that so, i wasted an hour of my life watching that and but now you know now you understand the 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 uh, uh, absolute yeah sorrow was, like just it was dismal terrible. it was really awful absolutely terrible um and then like last night i decided that we would watch um as you saw from the title of the episode um eternal sunshine of the spotless mind released in 2004 um yeah so none of us none of us have had seen it it, i think this is one of the first i think this is the first episode we've done where we watched we both had to watch a movie for the uh, the podcast so this is going to be our initial thoughts first after our first both of our first times watching it um i i figure i'll i'll explain my relationship with this before like like how i knew about it and all that kind of stuff and what i knew about it um so for the longest time I'd heard of this and it's all, it's like a very popular movie within like the film. Um, I guess the film nerds community. I think you could agree. Yeah. It has like a cult following kind of, yeah, there's a pretty, pretty large cult following. Um, it's there's people are always referencing it. it. It's I've, I've heard many things about it, but I was never really, I didn't know exactly what it was about and it seemed interesting, but I had never gotten around to it. Um, um, would you say you had a similar um, relationship with it before watching? Yeah, I just knew it was it was a movie that Jim Carrey was in, and that he like actually had like a more serious role. And then my grandparents had it, so I don't know how yes. they like why they had it, but I guess it was yes. that good. So, yeah, so I uh, that's how I watched it. Like I borrowed their version of it. So okay, so they're, they're copying. Um, yeah, I watched it on um, Peacock, not a sponsor, um, <laughs> but they have a bunch of free movies if you've got like a smart tv they've got like free movies there's there's like maybe four or five commercials throughout the whole thing but it's only like five minutes worth and just if you're going to watch a movie for the first time and you don't want to pay for it then it works pretty well so Hmm. i recommend checking that out once again not a sponsor but i would i'd be cool with doing that if (laughs) they're interested um anyway so we're going to do like a pre like like a, a spoiler free thoughts kind of what we um felt about the movie all that kind of stuff prime introduced the premise and all that and so for those of you that haven't seen it and then afterwards we're going to go into a spoiler section so right now we're going to be non-spoiler so even if you haven't seen it you can still watch the beginning now um but basically um i'm trying to figure out a way to yeah i wouldn't give i wouldn't give too much away because i think the best way to go into it is like not knowing anything yes you kind of want to go into it without knowing too much but it it, i will say it has to do with um there's a love story love story between 
Um, Jim Carrey's character, Joel, and Kate Winslet's character, Clementine, um, takes place in, like I said, 2004, early 2000s movie, um, directed by Michael Gondry. I don't, I never looked him up. Did, has he done, did he do anything else? I think his name's Michel Gondry. He's French, but I don't think Michel, he, like this, oh gosh, I didn't even, I didn't even realize that. You're right. But this is, this is the only one that like, he's actually known for. Like I looked up some yeah. of his other movies. I didn't, haven't heard of them, but it is, it's written by Charlie Kaufman who, Okay. Um, yeah. So he's more famous. He wrote a movie called uh, "Being John Malkovich," which I was meaning to watch over winter break, but I never got around to. And then a movie called "Synecdoche, New York." So I think he's um, he's more well known than Michelle Gondry. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, but basically, without spoiling things, it's about Joel and Clementine's relationship and like how um, there's there's like a. Well, they when when you look it up, it tells you about the, the uh, what not the experiment, the the procedure. So I mean, yeah. I feel like I can just say that there, there's, say, it has to. There's do a with procedure memory. that makes uh, take things out of your memory, and it has to do with their relationship and stuff. It's just a very sentimental, um, heartfelt, um, movie, and it's it's interesting to see Jim Carrey in because, um. Before this, my primary relationship with him as an actor had been Ace Ventura. Um, Ace Ventura, um, what's it, Bruce Almighty, like the all like slapstick comedy, like stuff like that. I'd never seen him in like rated R um, things, and if if he was in something that was rated R, it was because it had like um, innuendos and like something like that. It wasn't rated R for like language or anything serious. Um, so this is definitely a different um, different thing for me. And then Kate Winslet from Titanic, mm-hmm. which I barely yeah. even recognized her at first. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I couldn't really tell. Well, once again, she's got the orange hair. Um, so it's kind of hard to tell. But you got um, Kirsten Dunst mm-hmm. from... Um, primarily known for playing MJ in the original Spider-Man, for, in the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Mark Ruffalo who's known for um, being the Hulk. And then Elijah Wood, who plays um, Frodo in the Lord of the Rings. That was kind of so random. Got a pretty, yeah, very random cast, but they're all very good. Um, very good actors and actresses. Uh, it's just a very, it's, I think it's, it's just a very, I, it resonated with me uh, a lot personally. Sorry if I'm so, thinking. Yeah, I, you, you, yeah, yeah. So um, kind of the thing that, that stuck out there that stood out to me with this one is, I almost described it as like kind of inception of like romance movies. Mm. It's very, it, it's a very uh, different take on like a normal romance movies. Like there's sci-fi elements and there's like yeah. psychological thriller, thriller elements. Um, and yeah. it's a very, very complex uh, screenplay. And I think that it's not like a movie that you're like, Oh, let's, let's put on this and watch it for fun. Like it's, you kind of have to take your time with this one. Um, but I do think it's a very. But don't rewarding. let that scare you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely not. It's it's not. It, it, don't like let Jim Carrey fool you. Like it's not like, uh, it's not a bad movie. Uh, it's, yeah, I think he has a kind. Con- well, I, I I think he kind of has um, like a negative defi- connotation. Sometimes I think yeah. he's got very good stuff, but I, I'm saying that um, if you don't like Jim Carrey because of his other stuff. Maybe yeah, don't like that. Maybe like, the humor is not the same. You don't like the humor. That you don't like the yeah anything like that. It's this is very very different. Almost so like I wouldn't go in 
or uh, any kind of um what do you call it predisposition like for him yeah yeah kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah. adam sandler in that one movie i was talking about uh punch drunk love it's a very or the one where like, or that one didn't he do one recently a more serious one uncut gems but i think yeah. more with more with punch punch drunk love because uh, obviously adam sandler kind of similar to jim carrey um to where like some people don't really like a lot of his other stuff but he's very different in that movie and just like jim carrey is very like very much much more serious than this one so and i think I like think i really jim like Carrey's better than adam sandler though i don't say he's funnier I don't, I don't have an opinion on that but uh i yeah i do think i really liked his performance i think i think all the performances like even the supporting cast were like really really good yeah um, um... You said you made note on here it won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah, and the screenplay. Like yeah, that... this is. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely one of like the best, like screenplays in a movie that I've ever seen. Like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's super inventive and original. Like, if you want to talk about like an original movie, this is a very original. Yeah, it's very original. Movie. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Um. There was a word when I looked up the movie that um. That really, I think it kind of explained. It did a good job of explaining the kind of mood um, that it gives off. And I'm I'm trying to remember what it was. See if you can if you have anything else to say while I'm looking that up. Uh, I'd say almost kind of dreamy, not yeah. like surreal, but it, it's it takes place it almost like a purgatory, uh, that type of feeling. I don't know. Yeah, it's very difficult to describe because there's different uh, layers, but it's thought provoking. Yeah, and it's it's introverted. Like, um, yeah, it's a very introverted and. Oh, here, uh, here, I'm gonna read you the cons- tags on, on the um, the tags for the movie are thought provoking, intelligent, touching, emotional, romantic, unique, clever, and imaginative. Yeah, yeah very imaginative. Yeah, yeah. I, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a typical or a conventional. Yeah, it's very. It's, it's not, and if you don't like romance. I mean, my dad and I watch this with oh, I watch this with my dad, and usually my mom and I are the ones that watch the like rom coms and like all that kind of stuff. And my dad has never has never really been that interested in it. And he kind of went into I think um, if he went into it thinking it was like a romance, like knowing it was a romance movie, I don't know if he would have been too inclined to watch. But he went in with no not knowing much, and he got really I could tell he had gotten pretty hooked on, on it. And I don't think he would ever ever watched it if I just didn't have it on, you know. Yeah, so even if you don't like romance movies, I mean, it's still, it's still, like... Point is... Yeah. Don't go in, like, oh, I don't like Jim... I don't know if I really like this because I don't like Jim Carrey and his other movies. Oh, I'm not really one for the sappy movies. Oh, I'm not... Because it's very different in just about every sense that you could expect. And I can't imagine you can come out of this movie not liking it. Like, it's very... I I feel like it's very hard to not like watching this movie after you've you've seen it. That's what Um, I was thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anyone me, dislikes it. So yeah, I mean, it's got very, it's very well. Um, I mean, I, I looked at Rotten Tomatoes, and it's got, I think it's got ninety four or something. And I know not Rotten Tomatoes can be very, um, what's it called, uh, cruel with their <laughs> ratings. Um. Well, I'd say, I might guess, maybe, maybe well, not as representative with their ratings, because I know. The, the way they aggregate them, it, they actually tend to uh, favor more positive ratings than negative, actually. Oh, really? I don't yeah. know. I've just seen every time I look up good movie, I look up movies that I think are pretty good, and then they've always got really bad reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Huh. Well, on Letterbox, it does have like a 4.1. And those are, I saw 4.2. Yeah, 4.2, 4.1 or 4.2. So, and those are typically representative. So it is yeah. 4.2 out of 5. So um, it it's is very, very, well, very well regarded. Um, so. Yeah. Oh, there's a... Um, I, I'll just read this quote. It's not too... It's not really... Um, I don't think it's a spoiler. But... Um, you can, it was on Letterboxd. You can erase someone from your mind. Getting them out of your heart is another story. Um, I w- I'm just going to say that. I think that's just a good... Um, I also really like the the music. I think that's one thing that we can say without spoiling. Yeah, the music was pretty good. I thought the score w- did a good job of matching up with the, um, the mood and just like the overall um, tone of everything. And I think it just it pushed the story very well. And then even mm-hmm. the music that they featured, oh, like on the soundtrack, was very good. Yeah. Um, there were a few that I really, I actually really liked. Um, but yeah. Um, anything else? Any other final things to say for the non-spoiler section? I think that's it. I just say I completely, I I totally recommend this movie. I don't think definitely. I don't think you come out disappointed. So. So yeah. Okay. Go watch it. So. Go ahead and if you haven't watched it, you can go ahead and do that. And um, but now we're going to get into some spoilers. So if you have not seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, this is your spoiler warning. We're going to get right into it. All right, you've been warned. Okay, so um, where do you want to start? Obviously, so it starts out with him. It ends where it starts and it starts where it ends. <laughs> yeah, I that was I thought that was really clever. So it begins with him um, going on a train. He, he seems like he's living like a really depressed life. And he goes on the train and he meets Clementine, which is Kate Winslet's yeah. character. And how the scene plays out, it, it makes it seem as if he's meeting her for the first time. And they hang time. out for a couple days, don't they? They show that at the beginning. Yeah, I think so. It's maybe like one or two days. But yeah, so he, it... It looks like they make it seem as if, you know, he's meeting her for the first time and they're just starting their relationship. Um, so it begins at that point. But then um, after that, we see that he actually had a relationship with her um, and that how the film progresses is he gets this uh, procedure done to where after they get into like a big fight um, at some point in the future, he uh, they both erase. There's a technology where they can erase memories of each other from their own mind. Yeah. So he gets this procedure done, and this is the interesting part. So as like they're erasing the, the memories of her from his mind, he's still kind of conscious, and he's in his like, he's like, it's, it's like a dream. He's in a yeah. Dream. So he's he's it's like a, a lucid dream. So he's able to like he's in his head while they're erasing the memories, and he's able to interact with the girl. And as his, the, um, it, well, not really. He, it's like it's like his per, his um version of yeah her. like his uh mental projection of her yes yes that's a good way to describe so it. it's Again, almost like inception it's almost like a romance in reverse um to where we know that it ends with them breaking up and as he's getting the memories erased um he's kind of getting closer to like to her there his his idea of her at least yeah and it's also telling that like you're it's talking about their relationship in reverse because mm-hmm. like it starts with all the bad things and how bad the relationship was at the beginning and they start it starts working its way back to where 
you've gone back to the beginning of their relationship. Like it, the dream ends at their first moment together. Yeah, and then when the procedure is done, he's like has um like his memory is completely wiped of her. So he um he wakes up and he has no memory of her. And then that's where yeah, and then chronologically, it goes back to the yeah. So chronologically, then he goes on the train and he and he meets her for the first time, but it's really not the first time. But it, it yeah. just seems that way because both of their memories are wiped. It's a little confusing, but if I guess if I, you, you know, I started. I thought that was really cool because I started picking up on that like as stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. So, um. I mean, it, it was obvious they did it on purpose. It's not like it was hidden or something, but I still thought it was cool to be able to see it. So like I made list of the th- different things that happened. So it goes, it shows the memory of her hitting the car. Yeah. Like running the car into the, the fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, and I remembered that, oh, hey, the wait, that was in the beginning of the movie with him noticing the, the scratch on his car and not knowing where it came from. Yeah, and then, um, again, there's a part where he in the beginning of the movie, where he's on the beach, and he goes and he's looking in the notebook and like there's pages missing, and he he's talking to he's narrating and talking about how he doesn't know why there's pages missing for like two years worth of stuff, mm-hmm. and he's telling her on the train, oh hey there's there's stuff missing, I I my life's not just not too ter- not terribly interesting, mm-hmm. and then when she says on the train oh i i've seen you at the at the yeah, bookstore the, yeah and he yeah. doesn't know what she's talking about because that memory it was erased and then the last one was the joke that that she said that she said that oh people joke about my name and from that from the song mm-hmm. um and he didn't know what he didn't even know the song because that memory of that song had been correlated with her and been erased hmm yeah. Did you so pick up on all that? I picked up okay, I I just recently picked up on the fact that remember when he goes to the Barnes and Noble or the bookstore and he sees her and then she doesn't really remember who, who he is because she had that memory yeah. of him erased. So so is that why yeah. that is why um when she says that she saw him at the bookstore, that was erased from his mind because that was Yeah, because um, that was his like last memory of her. Because uh, her not him not re- her not recognizing him was that last very last memory. Yeah, I didn't pick up on the song that that was. Yeah, because she says because he doesn't get the he doesn't understand he doesn't know the song, because yeah. that was the connotation the connotation of that was her. I because I, I was picking up on that and I kept looking over at my dad and I was like, wait a second, the begin as soon as the car thing happened, I said, wait a second, that thing at the beginning wasn't their first them first meeting. It yeah. was. And I think that's another reason why they did it backwards because obviously if they started with their first meeting, you'd immediately know that the thing at the beginning was not. Yeah. That was yeah. That was, that was that was really clever. Like when they show, when they say like their first meeting was at the beach. I guess that's when you realize that that meeting on the train yeah. wasn't. I mean, if you hadn't picked up on the, what I was just going through, you would realize at the very end that oh my gosh, that was actually that them meeting at the after the procedure was already done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was that was my main thing. Um. I felt. Do you, uh, do you have something else to? Do you have anything else to add? I don't want. Um, I didn't. No- I don't want to be. Yeah, I did notice that. Like as they were, the procedure was happening, and as he was having uh, his memory, or yeah, his memory of her erased from his mind. 
it kind of starts with <laughs> his memory of her erased from his mind. It starts yeah. with like the 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 bad memories first, right? Because those are the most recent, um, like the most uh, fresh ones. Well, I think I guess, it was in just his mind. I guess, but so, I mean, yeah. but it was the those were the bad ones, and I guess it kind of showed that like it wasn't necessarily one thing that led to them like splitting apart, but it was just yeah. kind of it was kind of like a, a progression of of issues. Um, but then it it gets to the the sweeter moments and the more intimate moments between them, and then that's yes. when he that's when he, uh, you know he he finds out that you know he it's not he yeah he realizes that he doesn't want his memory or he doesn't want his memory of her <laughs> erased, um, because I think that's that's also like a big theme of the movie is that like, um, is that just as good like just as good as like the the sweet moments are I mean. The bad moments are just as valuable because that those are the ones that um, add to your character and that you can learn from. Uh, and I guess that was I, I guess that was the message of the movie. I, I'm I'm assuming. Um, I mean, I I think the message is whatever you get take from it. I don't think they're I, necessarily. Well, I guess that is one because. Um, I mean, you could get a lot of things from this. Yeah, that that is a, a good point to where like. Re rewatching it you can you could pick up on different things and notice small little details that you haven't noticed before i think it is a pretty rewatchable movie definitely yeah yeah yeah. because i was talking to samantha about it um mm -hmm. and telling her how good it was and then that we we i thought we would wa we should watch it together um i don't know these movies like this are a lot i've hit a lot different when like you have like a significant other like this. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure like, at it, least for it, me. And as when you like kind of maturing and growing up, I think it also, that would also have an impact um, because it's also Definitely. about like the, the main character. Um, what is his name? Joel. Uh, yeah. It's also a big part is also like his, um, his personality and how he's kind of matured or uh, how he's not matured over the years. Like those, that, that's also a big part of the, the movie as well. Yeah, I also you're talking about um, their characters. I found it very interesting their their contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not even just. I mean, obviously, the first thing you notice is he dresses very dark. She dresses very bright colors. Her hair is always bright colors. Um, and then also on the on below the surface, she's a lot more um. He's definitely like, very type A, and she's very type B. Yeah, she's a lot more extroverted than him. He's definitely yeah, a lot more introverted. He, yes, and I think I found that very um, like she acts like she knows what what like what she wants and what she's got put she's got put together, and um, he's kind of he seems very unsure and awkward at times. Um, but then I, I think it, it, at some point you realize that like they're not too different. Yeah, but then from each other, I do think I do think that maybe another point the movie might be trying to make is that because again they're very different, they have different personalities, um, and that they do end up being incompatible. Because um, again, before the the procedure happens, they get in like this huge yeah. fight, and it, it doesn't it doesn't last. Um, so I mean. I mean, I think I feel like a typical movie would kind of show those differences as kind of like quirks or something, um, but this one uh, yeah. definitely shows it as incompatibility. Like they 
they literally the reality can't stand it. each other. Yeah. And I think it is a very like realistically other than the obviously the procedure stuff, but like the the dialogue and the relationship, the relationship between the two. Yeah, definitely a lot more um definitely realistic writing. There's a lot of realistic writing. And I think it's like cause usually it's like, oh the oh the two people meet and then they're all in love and then they get into a fight, but then they come come to, back together running into the rain and oh I missed you so much and uh, when they lived happily ever after. But it's not necessarily that's not how this goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not how it life def- goes. It definitely presents relationships from a more real life perspective rather than like a movie perspective yeah. or a romance movie perspective. Which is one thing and I actually, wouldn't I even like say that it. this is a romance. I mean, I think it's a romance movie, but I think it's much more than that. Definitely, uh, yeah, like, definitely much more than that. Definitely, yeah. I because again, there there are a lot of uh, thriller, like psychological thriller aspects to it. Um, there's like just normal drama aspects to yeah. it, and then kind of, I mean, I guess sci-fi as well because science there's fiction. That, mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. science fiction. I With think the that procedure is a, and yeah. I guess we could move on to talk about. Because there's a second layer, like um, there's a second layer of the movie involving the the Lacuna Corporation or Lacuna um, Inc. or whatever that does the yes. procedure with uh, Doctor Howard, who's in charge. Yeah. So that um, was that was interesting. I and I did like that entire subplot. I thought that was interesting. Yes, I, I found um, the other th- the part that they added where. Um, What's his name? Was his name Spencer? I can't remember what his name was. The mm. other guy, uh, Elijah Wood's character. Oh, like Patrick or something. Patrick, that's what it was. Patrick, like taking his, um, Joel's notes and stuff, and basically stealing yeah. Clementine. That was and then that tying was... that in because you couldn't see who he was at the li- who the, per- the guy was at the library, and then in the dream, it's like yeah. hinting at the fact that like that's him. That was the, yeah, that was um, really interesting, and I think. Um, I didn't, I didn't see that come. Oh, in the part where he's like, in the very beginning when he drops her off, like in the part where you don't realize, yeah, and, the and he comes up to his window, else, and you think it's just some crazy dude. Yeah, that was that was smart. I really liked that. I think like Elijah almost like would... a this is it has like a um, the whole thing has a um, what's it called? Sixth Sense level like plot twist like kind of thing well not maybe not so much because there's hints and stuff um but i mean six sets has tw- has hints but what i'm saying is like it, it almost you see the, the the everything change at the end and then you go back and look and you're like oh wait a second that's why that was like that and that's why that was like that you know what i mean kind of like a christopher nolan movie because he, uh, he, yeah he messed with time and stuff like that and the way you watch it the first time is different than the way you watch it the second time yeah like so, it's never the same after that yeah Elijah Wood was in, I, it was he was kind of interesting in this one. It was I don't know to see why, him not three four feet shorter than everybody else. I don't think I've ever seen him in another movie. <laughs> I know. I mean, has he done? I, I mean, no offense, but like, I mean, I mean maybe I this is just maybe this is a, is a is like a Marvel actor situation. I I, I know he, I, I'm I'm using it as an analogy because like those actors yeah. get those roles and then they're only known for really that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I haven't I've never really seen him in anything else. Yeah, it was kind of strange um, to see him here, but I'm not complaining. Pre pre Avengers Mark Ruffalo. Oh yeah, yeah. He was interesting too. I liked him as well. I thought he was a fun character. Very different. I, it's just so strange seeing characters that you know, I mean actors that you are so 
um, familiar with and like different familiar roles. with in a specific role. Yeah, and I think there's only there's like certain actors that are like that, like all the Marvel actors, people from like, um, like people from ma- really major roles. It's hard to see them in other things, like me going back and watching Fantastic Four mm-hmm. and seeing Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. in the Sherlock Holmes movies and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting to see, but they, I think that was it was they did a good job. Um, Carmine Falcone. <laughs> yes, Mister. That was uh gosh. When he showed up on the, <laughs> I was like, "How many more actors are they gonna throw into this?" There's a lot of great uh, actors in this one. The cast is oh great, which we said in the non in the spoiler free section. But um, what about that? Um, what do you call it? Affair with Howard and Mary. Yeah, so basically what happens is they go, the two guys come to his house to like do the procedure. Well, if they're listening now, they've seen the movie. Yeah, well, or just don't care. But we'll describe the situation. So like uh, Mark Ruffalo and Elijah Wood come go to their house to do the procedure on on uh, Joel. You see um, that like the actors just show up to Carrie's house. And then, <laughs> and then they kind of just they mess around and like really trash the guy's house. So they're not very professional. That was weird. Um, yeah, they. Yeah, I guess maybe that's also like an ethical thing, just showing like how unethical their whole operation is. Um, I mean, they're kind of the antagonist. I mean, they're literally the antagonists of the whole thing. Yeah. So then the, they kind of mess around there, and then stuff goes wrong. So then, like the boss of the the of that like company comes to like fix things up, and there's a there's a plot or subplot with the boss, and then like the receptionist. And apparently, yes. in the past, the receptionist and the boss had like an affair or something like that. And then the boss used that technology to kind of erase, like he coerced um, the receptionist into like erasing her memory of him so that just to fix things up. And then she finds out about that unexpectedly or surprisingly. Um, and then she becomes like really mad. And then, um, Quits. And then, like, goes to all the yeah. She quits, and then gives like the tapes. Uh, um, she just basically airs the dirty laundry of the entire. Uh, she exposes, yeah. She exposes like, what the organization doing to like all the different people or the victims that yeah. they did the procedure on. And then that, I guess, that plot ties in with the main plot of the of the movie with, between Joel and Clementine, um, because then they receive, I guess. This is in. This is after the um after the procedure. They after receive, the procedure and after it's made and, and after it's basically caught up to the beginning. Yeah. So like this is, yeah. So the, chronologically, this is in the this almost is almost like the epilogue. This is almost like the epilogue. Yeah. So they receive the the tapes and they hear each other um going into the building and like telling the doctors who like what's going on and why they want to do it. Yeah, and they say all these like mean and nasty things about each other. And then that, yeah. Um, which I guess wasn't supposed to happen because again, th- this was kind of like their second chance to where they didn't, um, they didn't like they didn't meet this person before because their memories were wiped. Um, but then they, yeah, so they get these tapes and they hear each other, um, each of them spitting out these nasty comments. And then yeah. there's like this moment of tension because you don't you think that things aren't going to work out, you know? Yeah, I, that was it's just such a weird. I mean, I I have no I mean, if I found out that. Like Samantha and I had somehow been in so, like if if I had found out that like my mem our memories have been erased 
and like we had been in an unsuccessful relationship like before like to that extent i mean i don't know what i do like i feel yeah, like everything would have been I, I that would just be so like awful and like i don't even know what i, I don't even know what, where i would start because i feel like everything up until that point was like a lie basically yeah so they're in like a really awkward and like bad situation um but then i guess this is kind of the thesis of the movie they um like they're about to like get mad at each other and just leave uh, but then they decide yeah. to like accept that like maybe they will ultimately come to hate each other but like at least in this moment they do love each other um and yeah. then so that's i guess that's where the movie ends they they decide that uh, whatever may happen yeah like whatever may happen in the future may happen but like in this moment they do like each other and then i guess that leaves the end like the fine like the future of their relationship uh, up to interpretation um because yeah it, it could be an endless cycle of them you know falling apart and then getting their memories erased and then coming back together and then falling apart you know etc oh gosh so. well i think the company's basically gone now <laughs> after that yeah so there's no more memory for that um but no i think um very the concept is just so interesting mm -hmm. um obviously it would probably never be able to pass with the ethical considerations and all that kind of stuff you know i mean do you mm -hmm. think there would be any chance that this would be a thing to any um, extent probably not <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe not to the full extent. I don't know. I um, I thought it was sad. The the one lady in the waiting room with like all her dog's stuff in the box. Yeah, and there's like one person like who wanted the procedure like three times in a month or something, and they're like, no, you can't Jeez. do that. So I guess yeah, it wait, was why like, why would you need that? I don't know. Maybe you're just in a bad situation, or I don't know. Maybe th on three separate things. I, yeah. I mean, it has to be. Yeah, probably. They're like, oh, this is your third time this month. But how do you have but a I third guess... time this month if your memory is erased of the place? That's true. Maybe it's a different person. I don't know. I guess you, you arranged, the guy arranged to have it done three separate times with three separate things. Yeah, maybe. That would be weird. That'd be a lot. I think at that point, your brain would be mush. I do think it's interesting, though, how... I th I th Yeah. How like yeah, so I thought it was interesting how um even after both of their memories were wiped, they both knew to meet each other on like the train that particular day. Yeah. It was love. It was fate. Like love love transcends all boundaries of of time and space. <laughs> Interstellar. You wouldn't understand, Campbell. You wouldn't understand. I haven't seen that yet. But she has, um, she does like whisper. Remember, like in the final memory, like before, like I guess in the final memory, which is like the first time they met, she does tell him to meet. Doesn't she like say like meet me at that lacuna or whatever? Uh, she says to meet him on the train. So then they, I guess they both. She says for like, meet her on the train. Let so me reread both... this quote that I said at the beginning. You can erase someone from your mind. Getting them out of your heart is another story. So they both. I think there was something deep down kind of on both of them that gravitated themselves towards each other um yeah. not not necessarily something that could be explained through like like there's nothing scientific there's nothing i think it's just 
love. Yeah, and, and like and they were destined to come back together. And they were all I think like I said, you can erase someone from your mind getting them out of your heart is another story. Like obviously their mental me- their memories and their like brain like what was in their mind of what the, of the, each other, that was gone, but I think deep down there was still feelings for each other that was not gotten rid of. That's what and I think. And also like when Elijah Wood um kind of like tries to mimic like he basically steals uh joel's personality and like kind of t- to try to win um or tr- he just tries to pretend to be joel in order to fall in love with or for uh clementine to fall in love with him she like catches on to it even though her memory is supposedly erased she, she um i guess deep down she does remember joel that's what i'm saying yeah yeah so i guess yeah the love transcends uh like time and space i guess that that's also i guess a big message of the movie as well yeah um, I figure we can, after we've, we've kind of broken down the plot, like th- all the way through, there were just yeah. some things throughout the whole thing that I just wanted to bring up that I made note of. Um, we kind of talked about the impact of the music and the score, um, already the, um, dream sequence. I think there was a lot of stuff you, we, we could talk about forever about just what all the different things that were going on in the dream sequence meant. Those are crazy. Um, like, there's so many. Like the part where she's tri- he's following her. The thing that sticks out in my mind was the part where he was following her down the street, um, and then she's on one side of the street, and then she disappears, and then he's she's on the other side of the street, and then she disappears. Um, and then like the the cars are like all falling, and the buildings are collapsing. the cars are falling. I think like there's so me, much. It reminded me a lot of Inception, to where like remember when they're in the dreams, and then like the subconscious of that person starts catching on and things like start going crazy. Well, yeah. That, that, yeah. It's cause they were fighting the, they both are like racing against time, like an in inception. They're racing against the person finding out what's going on. And then they're yeah. trying to get out. Like each memory is like falling apart as they're going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, like, there's a lot of, I think it just, it did a phenomenal um, job of like communicating and demonstrating like what, it um is like to be in a dream and i've never seen something visually portrayed so well yeah almost what it's what it's like to like revisit past memories you know you know there's always like feeling of being just the feeling of being in a dream in general yeah like they're like you turn and some things like there were so many instances where like they were together and he would like close his eyes or turn and then she'd disappear or something would disappear. And I can't tell you how many times I've had dreams where like I turn my back or turn around or I do something like, like stuff changes at the flip of a hat. Yeah. Um, I thought that it did a great job of like putting that into like a visual um, sense, comprehensive visual form because it's so hard to like, I can't explain. Sometimes I can't explain dreams but like that did a very good job of like explaining what it's like to be in a dream, especially lucid. Honestly, like um, that's again, like with the screenplay, like imagine like that's one. Oh yes. Yeah. Like imagine writing, having to write those. Like sequences. it would be so hard to even write those sequences because it's just so, I mean, ex- describing that in words would be so difficult. Yeah. Um, There was so much that was going on, stuff falling apart in the background and, and, and I mean for two, in 2004 too, this movie relies heavily on like effects. Yeah, and I, I think of... it didn't. There wasn't a time where I was like, it did, I didn't get taken out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I felt, I felt it into it the whole time. 
and there's like this, the whole sections where like he goes back to like he's in the dream and he tries to go back to the office and like they're all like their faces start like morphing and that was it, it's kind of weird yeah that was that was reminded me of back to the future when like their face or when they kind of start disappearing oh <laughs> <laughs> it's the part where the first part where they first they they're he's like the deja vu thing yeah where he's like in the room while they're doing the oh person. that was so yes weird. that, that was part... so confusing like when he's when they're starting the procedure and he's like in like five places at once and you're trying to figure out like what's happening i was like like i couldn't even because since especially since that was the beginning of the procedure i was like so confused on what exactly was going on because it was jumping around between time and then like it was just so i mean that was during the dream right i no, i think that's when they just start doing the i think uh, maybe no i don't think it is because he has like a he has a, a thing where he's i think it was literally like kind of like deja vu like he was having a memory of getting the procedure done yeah like in his dream honestly because like I, if it was during the thing how would he have an out of body experience about what's going on at that moment yeah you're right i do feel like so that was so confusing to me first that's probably like the best visual representation of what it's like to like go under anesthesia or something like whenever you yeah, get yeah yeah because it's yeah it just feels like it feels have like every, lucid, everything's have you had a lucid dream probably i can't really remember but yeah probably i have it's pretty cool um, we had a whole you got to be in yeah. like there's a way you can control it but you got to like there's like preparation you have to go into and all that kind of stuff i heard um, like if you have your phone like you have to remember that you you have your phone in your pocket and then like when you're like dreaming like oh yeah there's a thing that your you're phone. supposed to do when you're like in that. there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're supposed to like look like. Also, I heard a thing about like your fingers and your toes or something. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed to like correlate that like your hand has fingers on it and they're your fingers, or something that's like a, that. That's but interesting. I, I remember one time, um, I came home and I was so tired. This is kind of unrelated, but <laughs> I went and like, like basically like plopped down on my bed like face first and I expected to like. I've probably said this before, but I expected to roll over. And like get comfortable because it's like sometimes you're just so tired you just want to lay down. Yeah. But I wasn't actually going to go to sleep like that. And I roll over and it's daytime, instantaneously, no joke. What? Like I face plant on the bed. I mean, this was when I was younger. And I'm telling you, you might be like, oh well, maybe you just remember it that way. I wasn't that young. I was maybe 12. And I rolled. I face plant on the bed, just like so tired. I didn't like pass out, but I was just like, oh. And then I laid down in the bed and I roll over and it's daytime. Like it's That's literally funny. the next morning. It's like it was so, and I had, I was in the exact same position. It felt like time travel. That's funny. It was the yeah. strangest because I remember waking up and I was like, "What just happened?" Because I had no memory of going to sleep. I had no memory of waking up. Mm-hmm. It was like instant. Yeah, it was the strangest thing. I might have just been so tired that like, I, I must have just been so tired that it didn't even process. But I had no dreams. I had no. I mean, it was literally. A, a snap like instantly so weird huh um i don't know that's just i just we're talking <laughs> about dreams dreams um uh, let me see I have other things that i wanted to talk about um did you, did you notice that there were times even when it wasn't the dream the blurring around joel's face did you notice hmm. that Not like really. at different times they like it, it would blur um like there would be parts where he would be thinking about things and, I, and he'd get kind of like anxious and it would blur the 
um, area around his face, almost have like a vignette around his face. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been more yeah, I don't... just. It might have been more just in the background, changing in the dreams and stuff. But I kind of remember it happening, like even before that, like him getting when that when it showed the part where him with him like going to see her at the library. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves the library and things start to get like dark and then things start to like blur around him. It was probably just, I mean, obviously I think it was probably just a part of the whole like memory thing and all that kind of stuff. But I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like changing, changing like the visual cues and everything whenever he's in the dream and then whenever it's reality and all that. Yeah. Oh, I will say the shaky camera was something throughout the entire movie. Oh yeah. Like the shots aren't exactly still like from the opening scene. It's like, it, you can t- you could tell that someone's it's it's like natural like it's not like shaky shaky but it's like it's not a still um frame yeah i think that kind of gives parts. it like a disorienting feel because the entire thing is kind of disorienting so yeah like i remember watching of, the subway scene at the beginning and i felt kind of like my head was starting like, to like yeah i didn't like that like, i didn't I like, felt like i was on the subway yeah. yeah i know i didn't i honestly didn't like it because it was kind of it was a little bit distracting at times yeah because I felt like I was like, like I couldn't focus on what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of that was supposed to be like, oh hey, you're on there with them or something, or something kind of like that. Like you're, it's supposed yeah. to seem a little bit natural. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting. I, I got used to it as the movie went on. Um, yeah. And then one last thing. The the ocean and the beach. Oh, I feel yeah. like there's some sort of thematic significance or plot signet like there's something that has to it starts with the there's a big scene at the beginning with the beach the beach keeps coming through they meet at at the beach the sand seeps into the house at the very end when he's like forgetting her i feel like there is something there about the beach or the ocean or or the combination of the two hmm maybe i don't know what it is maybe it's a representation i know there's something i don't know yeah it, like I know, there's yeah. there's got to be something. Maybe well again, the film's about him getting, uh, getting his memories washed away, kind of, kind of like how the ocean, the tides, kind of you know they wash back and forth, um, and like you can make like indentations in the sand and everything, but like the tide will come and flatten. I don't know. That's a kind of stupid interpretation. Ooh, oh, I've got a good. But, I've got something good. So I yeah. looked up what. Keep going. What you're saying. Sorry, I always interrupt you. So like, um. Kind of like how you know he talks about sand as well. Um, you know when you're yeah. when you're at the beach and you can like make things in the sand, um, and make like indentations, kind of like memories and things like that. And then, but then eventually the tide will come and it'll wash it away and it'll just be like a blank slate. So kind of like his spotless mind. Um, uh. kind of how how that procedure kind of wipes the memories away and things like that. Uh. That's a, I will say um, I did I just looked up. Um, what a beach means. Uh, the beach in your in a dream symbolizes the mean, meeting of your rational and emotional states of mind. You're in the middle of a transition between your physical and spiritual self. To dream of an empty beach signifies the emptiness you feel inside. I feel like huh. that. I mean that that that, uh, that correlates. Yeah. Because I yeah, mean that yeah. that the beach at the end. I mean once again with the the um in between your physical and spiritual self, like he was kind of coming out of the procedure. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Uh, and then obvi- and then the emptiness you feel inside. There's that part at the beginning where he's on the beach alone. And yeah, then he, he feels. Hit, and 
is feeling like empty at that point in mm-hmm. time. Um, I want to look there, up. Okay, what is there's the a lot of cool imagery with like him. Um, I know there's that like that one famous shot of like them in the bed, and like the bed's just on the on the beach. Do you remember that? There's yes. a lot of just like yeah, a lot of imagery like that, kind of like dream. Part of, I think the one of them with on the lake. That's probably the most iconic frame of this movie. Yeah, in the when snow they're laying on the, on the frozen uh, pond with a giant crack next to it. Yeah. Um, kind of oh, symbolizing the crack in their in their relationship. In their relationship. I was about to say that. That is one um, thing. That's kind of it. Did kind of remind me of a movie called Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is a completely oh, yeah, different type that. of movie. But like. Both of like the the girls or the female lead characters have like kind of the same personality, and they both have colored hair. And then yeah. um, both of the guys are kind of like introverted, awkward people. I don't know. They're completely different okay. movies, but found they're an kind of similar characters. Um, by uh, by sculpting in frames, I guess that's their thing. I don't know what they don't have their actual name, but the motif of water. Clem and Joel meet at the beach. They also meet at the same beach in the prologue. Rain pours in Joel's apartment. Joel is bathed in the sink. He appears underwater in several sequences. Water floods the beach house at the end of the movie. There are also several allusions to drowning made throughout the film. What does this mean? No idea. No, really, I don't. My best guess would be something to do with how Joel processes emotions. He lets it get on top of him, makes him feel like he's drowning in them. That's something we can all relate to. Hmm. Hmm. Um, the quotes. We could talk about all the different quotes. Yeah, there's a like, um, big quotation about. There's a Nietzsche quotation, um, which is interesting because you kind of learned about him in English class. Blessed are the forgetful, for they get the better even of their blunders. And I guess that's saying like, like the forget, like it's it, it's almost like those who are forgetful. Um, there's a good thing because they, um. You know, they they don't have to they don't have to know all the bad things. Like they they kind of live in a state of ignorance, kind of. Um, yeah, ignorance the, is bliss, basically. Yeah, like ignorance the, is bliss. Same with the Alexander Pope quote: "How happy is the blameless vestal's lot, the world forgetting by the world forgot, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, each prayer accepted and each wish resigned." Roll or is it Pope Alexander? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, once again, I think both of those kind of go in with like the ignorance is bliss, um, like. Sometimes the best thing in the world is like not to know things. Yeah, there there are um, two scenes that like really stood out to me, and also maybe kind of emotional. There's that one scene where uh, the the receptionist lady she's reading out that quotation, and it shows them like kind of on they're on a street, and there's like the elephants passing by. And it's just yeah. very very dreamy. Just I don't know. It was, that was, that was a different experience, but that was yeah. I really I really like that scene when the elephants are passing by. And they're kind of, um, kind of in a state of wonder. And then also when like they go back, um, when when he's in another memory and he's a kid, and like they're kind of like bullying him or whatever. And then like she comes and, um, I guess she's in the form of a child and she comes and like saves him. Yeah, I like that um, scene. That yeah, that that was strangely emotional. I don't know why. I can't pinpoint it. But yeah, no, I, I I felt the same way. Yeah, it's just a, um, a strange feeling of like sadness, but also like. I don't know. Strange scene, but yeah, yeah, it it felt um nostalgic, like almost nostalgic and sad. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, those two scenes really stood out to me in this one. Yeah. 
Um, I'm trying to think. There's just so much. I mean, this can be broken down. Like, I just feel too dumb to like actually know it. Like, yeah, I know. But I think I think a lot talking about this. I but I think that's okay because a lot of this is is speculation. Yeah. Um, and just guesses and what we think is what we think, and I think that's good. Um, and maybe it's good that we don't know necessarily what exactly um Charlie Kaufman was thinking when he put this together. Mm-hmm. Um. Or, or anything like that, because like we are, it's good to have like our own kind of thoughts about what it's poetry. The, the it's funny, like, the funny thing is, is like this the most the closest movie I could think to like compare this to is Inception for some reason. I don't know. What about you? It, yeah, I think that at least in um setup and prem like premise and all that, kind of like the structure um, of it. Yeah, the structure of it and everything. I, I mean, I can't. There's nothing else like it. Like, like I mean, it won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very creative. I've ne- I've never seen anything like this. Like I said, there's Inception, but once again, Inception came out. What is it? Six years later. I have heard so, comparison. You know, the, you watched the movie Her, right? Yes, I, I did that, watch that. That's somewhat ago. similar thematically, almost. Um. Well, I mean, like he, needs a, he kind of ma- makes, I, but the, the the technology is is literally is literally the relationship. Like the technology yeah. is the relationship, but in this, the technology mm-hmm. is kind of like changing the relation. This is more psychological. That one's kind of just like literal. Like know. it's actually the technology itself. Like literally, he's in love with a, lo- a robot. Like it's literally. But I think, like the the relationship kind of is somewhat similar to where like he's. I mean, he's not obviously not in a relationship with an actual person. And in this one, he, for most of the movie, he's in a relationship with like his projection of her. You know, that's fair. Yeah, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. Um, you'd have to dig a little bit, but I can see how her and that her is so weird. Yeah, uh, I don't. I honestly, well, I watched it, and it was kind. Of, it was just. Yeah, I, I'm willing to say I didn't really like it. Yeah, I, it was just strange and. Uncomfortable. I don't know, the premise is interesting, and also I, I was... This is only maybe like half a year after I watched Joker, so I was just kind of... Riding on that. the... I didn't, like, I didn't like seeing him. He's just weird. <laughs> Walking <laughs> Phoenix is strange. Um, Doctor Strange? Know, he, he was supposed to be Doctor Strange. Haha, <laughs> get it? That would have been weird. That just would have been yeah. so strange. Darn it, strange. I said it again. Um, <laughs> anyway... Um, I wonder if there's any, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, we talked about the quotes. We talked about, um, what does the title mean exactly? I mean, it's, 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 the, it's from the quote, but what does that mean? Um, well, I mean, as in spotless mind kind of, I guess that reflects like the blank slate that they're trying to get him. Like they're erasing his memory. Oh, eternal um, but, sunshine and spotless mind is like the, the blissfully unaware, like the blissfully like ignorant kind of thing. Because like eternal sunshine would be like, I think that's that basically is referencing like happiness, like forever, yeah. being happy forever. And they're mm-hmm. saying that like you're being happy forever because of the fact that, quote unquote, you have spotless mind. Like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. And I guess I that's, but I guess the the main character situation is opposite to that because he doesn't want like a spot, like he wants. Like the rough patches, like Sometimes he wants to remember. Spots are good. 
yeah like he wants to remember the rough patches in his relationship and like because i think that um that adds to his character more than if he just relived the same you know kind of his dull existence even if his yes. he, he was like a blank slate or whatever um yeah i, I think uh yeah i think that's a good that's a good concluding statement unless mm-hmm. you have anything else um i think that's all wanna... well two um, thumbs up definitely yes very well very well done what would you rate it out of 10 um i could do out of five out of five okay yeah, five sir i give i give it 4.5 out of five on letterbox that's what i did too yeah i think 4.5 out of five yeah it was uh i mean 4.5 out of five is obviously like really good like i loved it um the half a star is just because it's not like one of my all-time favorites but yeah yeah other, i'd have to give it some time to because i think a lot of times i mean i watched i mean this isn't this isn't last jedi but i'm saying i have a tendency to like really like movies when first see them regardless of how good they actually are which i'm not thinking i'm going to dislike this anytime yeah. soon but i like to let movies kind of sit for a little bit so that i can really process it but that's one thing that's mm-hmm. a four and a half there's nothing particularly i i don't like about this mm-hmm. um very well put together a great screenplay great actors um just really uh great all around so um i would i would say to go watch it but obviously if you're at this point you've already watched the <laughs> you don't care or, or i know or some people care. i know some people who like don't mind having it spoiled and then go watch it and they can enjoy it just as much so i mean yeah yeah so go ahead and okay, if, you well, if you're one of those people you go ahead and watch it if you yeah if you're not um go get that. everybody else to watch it it's just a great movie for valentine's day or not um, oh yeah it, it does, does actually start it does open on valentine's day so that is a very interesting tie-in i know we're late but we, um, we didn't mean to but there's just some scheduling issues but yes we have, but yeah. happy late valentine's day everyone and um yeah. and uh yeah so without uh, further ado um i'm connor and i'm campbell you to the last hour of your life listening to real geeks if you enjoyed this episode of Real Geeks, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Real Real Geeks for the latest news and updates. Also, be sure to leave us a review. What things did you like? What things would you like to see in future episodes? Let us know and we'll be sure to take a look.